This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm April Vokey, and you are listening to Anchored my chance to speak with some of the most influential people involved in the outdoors today. Join me as I sit down with my guests to learn more about their careers, opinions, history, relationships, and life both indoors and out. Do you remember the first time you saw Hank Patterson on screen? I certainly do, and I didn't know exactly what I was watching, but I was laughing and left wanting more. Travis Swartz's character, Hank Patterson, is a self-proclaimed world-renowned fly fishing guide and instructor who exudes confidence in scenarios he knows very little about. His comedy pokes lighthearted fun at some of the more debatable topics in fly fishing, allowing all of us to make fun of ourselves in some form or another. In this episode of Anchored, Travis and I discuss his life as an actor and producer before turning to fly fishing humor, how the Hank Patterson character came to be, how he approaches comedy in our sport, and the film he and I made close to a decade ago. On that note, I'll see if I can find an old copy and we'll post it on my YouTube channel. If you're not a subscriber, I hope you will be soon. Find me at www.youtube.com forward slash April Vokey. That's A-P-R-I-L-V-O-K-E-Y. Excuse me. This is my first episode with braces. Oh, you have braces? I can't even well, tell that you have in, braces. Invisalign. And so oh. my teeth are very, um, yeah. Well, you're I, slobbering a, all over like, the place. And I wasn't going to say anything, but, but just now, it makes, so now it makes, like, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, so yeah, well, congratulations on Invisalign. <laughs> I hope they're a sponsor of the show. No, no, no. They cost me a fortune. They, uh, I've got a 100% overbite and was grinding oh. all, all my teeth down. And and yeah, so it's certainly not just for aesthetics. It's actually a, a functional and, and a and a 
came strongly recommended by my dentist. I don't know if I recommend them at all, actually, because they hurt and they're annoying and they're way too expensive. So do with that well, information if, what you will. If grinding your teeth to a nub is the uh, <laughs> alternative, I would say that you made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> I have one tooth, one of my front teeth, this one right here, I'm pointing at it. Uh, it sort of sits behind two teeth. I've yeah. crooked teeth. So when I'm on video, it it catches the light weird sometimes and it looks like I'm missing a front tooth. Other than that, it doesn't bother me, except for when I'll sit down to edit a video and it looks like, I'm like, God, shit, I look like I'm missing a freaking tooth. Uh, but at, at my age, I'm not getting braces. How old are I, you? I'm 53 years old. Okay. Yeah. No, I actually, she did say that to me because I'm 40 and she did say, if you're going to do this, you probably should do this now. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and I'm I'm at the place where they say, "Oh, well, shit, man, you just give up. Just you should just let it go. Let it go." I it's strongly like, disagree, by the way. Strongly my disagree. My sister, who is older than me, got braces just to straighten she has the family weird tooth going the wrong way uh that I have. And in her mid 40s, uh she bravely, and I say bravely just because of the amount of shit that I gave her. Um, she got braces and, and it, she, it looks fantastic. Oh, good. Well, there you go. There's a, yeah. there's a happy two years of there. being a, you know, 47 year old with braces and you then, you know, it yep. really paid off for her, but I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's talk a little bit about this whole editing your video thing. Cause I'm looking at you right now in your studio. Have, I'm, yeah, well, I'm assuming sure. this is for voiceover. Do you have, what else are you doing with all this audio equipment? So I do a podcast as well. Hank Patterson's Outdoor Misadventures. I I like I'll say it 14 times during during your show. When did um, you start that? How have I missed this? 4 years ago. Oh my god. Uh, let me tell you okay. what you've missed. It's an absolute train wreck. It's you've missed a car crash of a podcast. It is about absolutely nothing. <laughs> it, it really is. It's it's super fun. People listen, I don't know why. Uh it's it's just comedy podcast where we talk about various odd things that happen in the outdoors or weird animal attacks or, it's or just sometimes just poop jokes. Uh, it's just, it, if I could ex describe it in one, the only way to describe it is you absolutely have no idea what you're getting next week. I look forward it, to listening. Well, is it yeah. G rated. Can my daughter listen or do you guys swear in it? Uh, we do swear in it from time to time. If there's a lot of swearing, I will typically pre-warn. I'm like, hey, this is an episode you might want to have the kids not listen to. It varies. There's a little bit of swearing. I don't warn about saying shit, but if we drop the F-bomb, I will typically mention that. Thank you very much. Um, Charles got yeah. mad at me the other day, just to just a little slight side story. Charles got mad at me and we didn't know that Adelaide could hear us. And he must have sworn at me because she came out after and she said, Mommy, why was daddy mad? And I can't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> she said, I heard him say that word. And I said, what word? Oh. He said, the word that they all kept using at the Bear Claw Lodge. So at the fishing lodge that we were at in uh, oh. Northern BC. And I just thought that was so not funny, obviously not funny at all, but um, a little bit funny. funny. That you don't even notice these guys use it every every few words. But the reason why I ask yeah. about your swearing is because one of the reasons that I love your comedy is that you're able to be so funny without being off color or perverse. 
or prof- you know, using profanity. So I find that that I I think that that's actually a very difficult kind of comedy to master, and we'll dive into all of this later. But I just wanted to commend you for that because it's not easy to do, and you do it so well. Thank you. It it you know we we try to bleep out certain things so that we can say certain things, uh, and try to find what's funny without having to go blue, um, or you know using different language or just saying things for shock value. And look, and a lot of that's it's fishing humor. Uh, you can get away with a little bit because a lot of the audience are fishing guides and you've spent time with fishing guides and there's no lack of, um, Color. you know, that sort of humor. And uh, <laughs> yeah. one of those, I got myself in trouble at one show. I did one live show where I made some jokes that people took exception to um that was had historically been a uh show for fishing guides i had done this show several times and it was always this is for fishing guides and so i made a few jokes i didn't really actually i don't think i even swore i didn't make a joke that you couldn't show on national television during prime time that 100 i would say that i would say i didn't uh i would actually tell you that i didn't make a joke that most that a kid couldn't hear frankly but um but i only got myself in trouble one time and afterwards they had a couple of people complain uh but i think those people didn't like me to begin with (laughs) why would you go to the show it's funny because right before we actually hopped online i was watching another comedian um whom i enjoy watching and he was showing a a bit of a, a heckler who was at his show recently and it was clear that she hated him so why do they go when they hate you to start well, I was just opening like it was a film. They were showing a bunch of films and they were doing uh, other other gotcha. things. So I okay. I would it was like my fourth or fifth time doing it. And I had always gotten up there and done some stuff. And I, I made a couple of jokes that some people didn't like or whatever. It 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 was a it was an interesting experience because I had never, and I'm just going off of the fact that you commended me on on having pretty clean humor that is to some degree family friendly only in that it's not about swearing and and other things uh and and i could only think of one time where i was like where somebody actually complained about my content and but this is not great this is not a great conversation because i won't (laughs) go too far into it but it's what's funny is that i would actually defend the content I didn't apologize when yeah. when it was for Orvis. And when they called me, I said, well, I don't apologize because I didn't make a joke that I think was inappropriate. I think you had some people that took it wrong. And I think you had some people that didn't like uh, my political joke from last year that just don't like me. And they decided to complain. And in the end, I will say this, in the end, all of this, this whole conversation, I think three people out of, I think there were 1,200 people there uh, and three people complained. So- Exactly. Why I bring it up? I don't. You're doing know. well. Well, it's funny because just so you know, just to give you some pre warning, I am going to be bringing it up later because I do find the world is very sensitive right now, rightly or wrongly, and it's getting very hard to speak your mind, be funny, have an opinion, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll come back to that. But first, let's start off where we always start, and that's with you from the very beginning. So where were you born and raised? I was born and ago. raised. And <laughs> I don't normally share my my age on these, but I, I I'm finding my age is more and more interesting a topic to me. 
Uh, I'm not, you know, but I don't normally tell some, some podcast people or other people or have interviewed me and said, ask me my age and I don't tell them. Um, so I don't know why, you know, you, you hit 50 and you're like, I'm 30. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho, and I grew up in Boise and I went away for, I think, seven, about seven years. And then it's just too easy a place to live. It's easy to live. You're here. there now, right? Right now. I'm right? here right now, right this minute. It's just, it it is a much more popular place. It is a much more expensive place to live than when I grew up here. When I grew up here, downtown was basically abandoned. I mean, in high school, we would break into abandoned buildings and walk to the top of them and drink beer and and just hang out in abandoned buildings downtown. It is no longer like that. It is. It is a very vibrant downtown in Boise, Idaho. And it's it's fairly expensive to live here now. But I came back because it was so cheap to live and it's a comfortable place to be. Right. Okay. So why did you leave? Where did you go? Well, I was a, a, a theater actor. So I toured theater. So I did Shakespeare in upstate New York and I did Shakespeare in Oregon and I did uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival and I did theater in Sacramento. No, and I toured theater. So I did. I I was a theater actor for full time. That's all I did for about seven years. Okay, after college, didn't go to college. So I skipped college because I got I did an apprenticeship throughout high school with a, a Shakespeare festival, and then got an acting job at eighteen with a company in New York. And so I went and I did a couple was a season there, and then from there I just kept getting work. So I just kept doing it. I love it. It's, it's so, strange to think of me doing Shakespeare, but, you know, there was a time. No, I can actually see it, believe it or not. Yeah. But but so what was the end goal or what were you hoping to do? Were you hoping to get on the big screen? Did you just want to be on tour for the rest of your life? What was your plan? Uh, you know, I just I just loved theater. I loved performing. I loved being on the stage. It it after a while, you, I just didn't love it as much. And you don't make enough money as a theater actor to unless you love it. I mean, that has got to be the payoff is that you love it because you're out of work every three to six to 12 months to go audition and find more work. So I stopped loving it and started enjoying shooting and editing film. And I did film school in Portland, Oregon for a couple of years and uh, just kind of navigated towards that. And then I had a decision to make. Do I want to? To your point, do I want to go try to get on the big screen? And and I think to truly say yes to that, you have to move to Los Angeles or somewhere with you, you're not going to do it in Boise, Idaho. But I decided to stay in Boise and just sort of do my own thing. And and I didn't uh I, I had I had an opportunity to go down and live there and try that. And uh I did do a soap opera in the early 90s called Loving. Um, and so I I did do a soap opera, uh, just for a couple of episodes. <laughs> is that able? Can we find that anywhere? Is it on YouTube I can't or has find it vanished? No, you literally can't find it. Um, it, I was up for a part that would have been a recurring part. I did not get that, but got to go to, to New York and, and do a, a soap opera. Um, so I was just there for like a week and what was your do- role? Were you a scorned husband? Well, I was uh, I was the boyfriend of one of the leads. Uh, a girl was was the part I was up for, and then when you don't get that, they end up you know throwing you a bone and letting you be a waiter. 
right. or somebody in the background. So I got so in the end, I didn't get the part. I, I had a terrible audition, a terrible audition. Right. It was all so new to me. I had a fantastic audition in Portland. They did they searched, they did a seven city search all over the country and they narrowed it down to me and 10 other guys. Oh. Um, and so I think they were fairly experienced, and it was my first time ever doing something like that. And I think I, I think my voice probably cracked. I probably talked too loud. I was, it was very, I did not do well. So, but you know, they let me like serve somebody a glass of wine in a scene, right? As a thanks for coming. So, <laughs> I love yeah. It. Okay. So, what about fishing? Had were you an angler at that point? Well, so I grew up fishing. Uh, I grew up, my uncle Ray, uh, my parents were divorced. My dad wasn't a real outdoorsy sort of a guy. Uh, but I grew up fishing with my uncle Ray. He took me camping. I spent almost my entire summer with my uncle and my two cousins, Wally and Ron. And, uh, he taught, he taught us how to fish and he took us to Silver Creek, which in, in Idaho, which is probably outside of the Henry's Fork, probably the most famous I'm I'm not hot spotting everyone. Settle down. Uh, Even I fished it. Yeah. Look, it's if you haven't heard of if if you fly fish and you've been to Idaho and you haven't heard of Silver Creek, then you sh you should be embarrassed. Um, it's also you're not going to catch fish there, so don't bother. It's a very difficult place to catch fish. But I grew up fishing it, um, and just all over Idaho, and and so I fished from probably the time I was five years old, bait fishing. Uh, didn't get into fly fishing. My uncle would get us fly fishing lessons. Uh, once a year, we would go up to Ketchum, uh, Idaho, uh, which is near Silver Creek. And every year they had fly fishing lessons. And so once a year, we would go take fly fishing lessons. And then he he was like, I don't have the patience to deal with this. So you're not going to fly fish other than once a year when you take lessons. But um, And then in my 20s, I got more into to fly fishing. I had gotten away from it for a while. I, I didn't fish much during my teenage years. I was just doing other things that you shouldn't be doing. And, uh, and so then when I, I had a daughter in my early, very early twenties, um, yeah, surprise. And, uh, we named her surprise. It's not true. Um, but anyway, so I had I had a daughter and and we kind of had moved back to Idaho at one point and I just I don't know, one day I just was like I want to start fishing again and I went and bought and I wanted to fly fish. I didn't want to that's what I wanted to do. Maybe I probably saw a river run through it or something. And then so I was like I I'm, I'm going to go fly fish. I'm going to and so for several years I fly fished completely alone. Never went with anybody. Learned nothing. Uh I was terrible at it had no idea what I was doing, but I did it all the time. And loved and it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just loved, it was my way of getting away from just responsibility. <laughs> uh, it, I just like being outside and, and, and it's, it's it, a great thanks to the nostalgia embedded in me by my uncle Ray. I mean, we were talking about Disneyland before we were recording. People love Disneyland. If they have nostalgia for Disneyland, they went there as a kid. I like the outdoors and fishing because I went there as a kid. Not that you can't learn it later, but um, I just liked being on a river. And so, yeah. So I fished. How did you make money? I mean, you have a child. You're still a child. I was, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're in theater and fishing. I mean, what are, how, do you, how did you make an income? 
Uh, so I I managed a pizza restaurant at night. I did theater during. Uh, so I would when I wasn't on contract to do a show or a tour, I would fall back on um, uh, making pizza and and running a pizza restaurant. And so uh, and that so you're still wondering, right? But how'd you make money? Uh, we had <laughs> no. very little money. We had very little money. Uh, and, uh, my girlfriend now wife at the, t- at the time, girlfriend, uh, she worked and, uh, we just, we, we, we made ends meet. We drove a Datsun B210. Uh, that doesn't cost much money. We lived in very small apartments and just sort of got by. Um, and then eventually I got more into video and, and I own a video company now. And so it, it all worked out just fine. Yeah, no doubt. And even you starting to fly fish later worked out because I feel as though in a lot of your skits, you can bring attention to things that maybe people who have been doing it for a long time wouldn't necessarily realize or see as funny or see as, you know, being able to be used for content. Um, let's talk a little bit about Hank Patterson because some people listening right now don't realize that Hank Patterson is... <laughs> Can I do this? Am I allowed to do is this? It, is a made-up character? I don't wonder. I feel like I'm ruining Christmas for people. Well, when it first started, you you would have been okay. <laughs> so your my name is Travis, and I play a character named Hank Patterson. Uh, yeah. So where? Okay. How did I interrupt this, your question? No, no. I'm just oh. happy that you're the one who did it because I remember when we filmed, and we'll come back to this again. I'm hopping all over the place. And you had but, no idea. <laughs> no, you showed up to film with me, and I was so I had no idea that you actually had a name that that your your name was Travis. <laughs> I thought that Hank Patterson right. was your actual name. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Hank Patterson. The what are we going to say? The character. The character. Sure. How, how did that all start? I'm fascinated. Well, so me and my friend Reese uh, had had been he got into fly fishing as well in his 20s and and people that have watched hank patterson videos would know reese as my client reese uh in the early episodes uh 11 years ago by the way yeah uh so this is why i now mostly have gray hair on my face um anyway so uh we really enjoyed fly fishing i at that time owned a small video company and I really wanted to make a fly fishing film. We really got into it and I hadn't hardly seen any fly fishing films, to be honest with you. I didn't really, I'd never fished with a guide in my entire life. I had never, I, we were very, I'd been doing it for years, but I was still very new to it. Like the amount of time I'd done it and my amount of knowledge didn't match up very well. Um, I'm sort of a lazy learner. So we'd wanted to make a fly fishing video and uh, we just couldn't find a topic. Well, Reese got cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer and he was invited to a real recovery event. And this is a organization that takes uh, men with cancer on fly fishing retreats. And he called me and he said, hey, let's make a video about that. I'm going to go on this retreat. We could sort of document my experience in this organization. That, that'd be a really cool thing. I said, great but I need to raise some money to make this film. And so then he called me a few days later and he said, Hey, the Drake magazine is doing a competition, a fly fishing filmmaking competition. We'd never made a fly fishing film ever. And, uh, one of the categories is humor. And I was like, okay. I said, have you seen a funny fly fishing video? And he's like, no, never. And I was like, okay, the bar is low. So let's try that. So, uh, I literally, I, th- th- at that time you had to send a DVD, like okay. video, 
delivered on the internet was a very difficult thing to do 11 years ago. It's it, it's hard to remember that, but it was not easy. So you had to send Tom by uh, the the editor of the Drake. You had to send a DVD. What well, was due in two days by the time we saw the competition. So I don't remember the day of the week, but it was like a Sunday that Reese called me. I wrote it Sunday night. We shot it Monday morning. I edited it Monday afternoon in time to get it to FedEx and overnight it to Tom for a Tuesday morning delivery. So it all happened that fast. And so, and I had to make up a name, Hank Patterson, you know, Hank was my dad's dog's name. Patterson is a mutual friend of ours, Michael Patterson, that we went to high school with. And I just thought he had a funny last name to go with Hank. So I just made that up, wrote the skit, uh, you know, or video. We shot it. And then Tom by within two hours of getting it called me on the phone. He's like, are you? And he was asked basically your question. Like, who the hell are you? Is this, are you, is this for real? Are you like, are you, is this a real? <laughs> and I said, no, not at all. And he's like, well, in that case you win. And right. so we, we won. So the, the competition, I don't think the competition for humorous fly fishing at the time was real stiff competition yeah but it, it's still but it is stiff and and i'll tell it you why now. because i have yeah. worked with people unfortunately and i this these are in the days when i wish i knew just to say no but i've worked with people who have tried to make funny videos and they're not funny they're just yeah, not it's hard funny. to do it's really really hard to do so tell yeah. us a little bit about the first skit um the one that you sent for to tom what was it well, was it just you and reese on the field just me and reese in in uh, next to a river. And I just wrote a bunch of jokes. I mean, it was basically, I wrote jokes about him teaching. I thought, well, let's make him a, a fishing guide and who's sort of just a, a lo-fi. Everything's lo-fi. So let's take the microphone and let's tape it to our chest. Right. <laughs> let's shoot it to look like crap. Let's not be precious with any of it. Let's not get any pretty shots. The, the amazing things that I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. The things that we did were to make it e easier to do and to also purposely look like some jokers that just, you know, found a camera at a secondhand store, decided to make a fishing show. That was the, so we didn't ever have to catch a fish. So I tell, like when I talk to fishing filmmakers, I'm like, the thing that sucks for you is you have to catch a fish. I, I don't have to catch anything. Nothing I do requires the catching of a fish pretty much. Uh, like I was like, we're not hiding microphones we're not going to hide microphones we're going to tape them to our chest and we're just gonna we're not going to hide them so we did a lot of things to make it easy but the concept was just like it was supposed to look like a public access television show where you know this bumbling idiot is a fly fishing guide and so the the whole thing starts with me talking about bragging about the fact that i have a hopper and then i've got a, a dropper like a hopper dropper and then sometimes I'll do like a third dropper. So that's a hopper with a hopper dropper and a dropper hopper. That's three hoppers. And so stuff like, it's just stupid stuff like that. And <laughs> and uh, I talk a lot about, I think the first thing I ever say is that I have a river runs through it on Blu-ray. So you could say I know a thing or two about fly fishing. Um, and so, yeah, I just wrote that. And then I did a casting lesson. The funny thing with, it, with the humor to me has been Every now and then I'll do something that I think is funny because you would because I think it's a stupid thing to do. And then later people do it. 
for example, like I talk about like landing a fly and skating it. You skate it, skate it, skate it across water, skate it, skate it. And at the time I thought you would never do that. And of course you would do that from time to time. <laughs> and, and so, or I had my reel on backwards and upside down and everybody thought that was a part of the joke, but that's just literally how I always had my reel on my rod. Oh no. Uh, so in the early episodes, I've changed because I realized the benefits to not doing that. Um, so they're just things that I would do as an actual novice that people thought I was making fun of, but I'm like, no, I just, I just made that mistake. I just didn't, I, I had my reel on upside down and backwards, not to be funny because I'm, but because I'm an actual idiot or <laughs> I, I actually had no idea what I was doing. So See, benefits of starting late. What, what about with Tom then? So after you submitted this video, did that get aired anywhere? Did it go in the festival or on the tour? So it didn't go on a tour. It it uh, they do a yearly fly fishing film. I don't know where it is. I'll be honest with you. Uh, so they do a yearly event uh, at one of the big shows or something, and they do like fishing awards for films. Uh, so we won it a couple of times, um, and uh, I haven't done it in years. But uh, so we won it that year. I think the next year we won it again. It. We just put it on, I put it on YouTube and this, these numbers won't sound impressive, but because of what YouTube is now, but at the time I woke up, it went out on YouTube, uh, Phil Monahan picked it up for Orvis and put it, I'd sent it to him for their Friday filmmaking thing. And they put it out before Friday and gave it its own page. So I woke up like a day after sending it out to a couple of people and it was, I mean, Sims and Orvis and Scott Rods, everybody. I mean, like it was everywhere. It was all over on all the fishing stuff that I followed on Facebook. It was on, they were, had all shared it. And then we had like 40 or 50,000 views on Facebook or on YouTube, which at the time was, yeah, was a really big number um for for a fishing video especially um at the time now you know you get millions of views or whatever but back then it was it was smaller numbers and so we were like holy shit we're heck we should do this again like people like it and when you're when you're addicted to you know uh entertaining you know like from theater to you know when you find that you're doing something that people actually want to watch or that they enjoy you just want to keep doing it yeah if there's one thing I like more than fishing, it's comedy. Uh, and it's doing, and it's shooting, you know, funny videos. Uh, so anyway, so uh, we decided to make another one. And then I can't remember. Some people called us and said they wanted to, Are you? if you're going to make more, we want to send you some waiters. And if you're going to make more, we want to send you some boots. And if you're going to make more. And so they, were, I was like, well, we got to keep making them because we're getting all this free stuff. <laughs> so I went from, you know, a $30 you know, fly rod that you buy as a package at wherever, you know, a big box store to all this really nice gear. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's just keep going. And then I got to do things like fish with guides. And then I started to actually learn how to fish a little bit because I really didn't know. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, so we got to, so, you know, we did a lot of stuff with, with different organisms, with Sims and with Orvis and with uh, Reddington and with, you know, and all these people. And, and just, we kept getting more and more opportunities to, to meet cool people and to go to a few fun places. Um, 
And so we just, we kept it going. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then Reese uh, got sick, so he couldn't continue. And so the, so the, the toughest part of it all, and honestly, the reason why it, we're not as pro, we're not prolific at all with the videos over the last several years. We'd, we'd really hardly do any, I do a podcast and I put a video out here and there, but that's about it. But, um, so when Reese, uh, was unable to do it and then, and then passed away, then we, you know, then I was like, I don't know if I keep doing this stuff. Um, but, but, you know, it took took some time and thought about it. And he was very encouraging. He's like, oh, you should keep doing that stuff. And you're getting to do fun stuff. And so um, really the reason that I think I kept it going, I've probably jumped a few questions ahead. Sorry. I talk a lot. I'm, I'm great for podcasts. Uh, the reason I think that that I've kept it going for as long as it does, even if it's not as many videos these days, is the the people and the places that you get it doesn't make you know some people are like you make a lot of money doing that i'm like no <laughs> not at all it it does not pay well at all it, but luckily that's not a prerequisite for me to do it uh but it, it mostly it's you know i've gotten to go to alaska i got to go and, and fish with you which which we can talk about at one point because i i hope we do talk about that trip because it it's a big highlight in in my uh, 11 years of doing Hank Patterson oh, was cool. meeting you. And uh, so I'll give you some compliments here in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's it. I mean, that's sort of how it started. And and Reese was really a big part of, of it starting. And in the, we made so many videos early on because he kept pushing. So we got to do another one. Let's keep going. And he would help write jokes and he was very funny. And, and, uh, and then after, you know, after he was unable to continue doing it, like I said, took a little break, but then just came back and kept doing different stuff. So. Right. Gee, well, no, this is really interesting. I do have many questions. Um, so when did Reese pass? Uh, it's been, uh, it was in April. I don't keep track of the date. Uh, oh. I talk about that. Um, I just happened to know the date because uh, it was during the finals of the NCAA championship. Reese was a huge basketball fan right. and the team that he loved and I'll get it wrong. If I say it, I just like Kansas or whoever it was. So he passed away. So the game, the final game of the NCAA tournament was happening while Reese passed away. Um, and we, you know, this is wife and family and we were all there and, and, uh, um, and I left and, and went home and, and it was tough knowing that I, you know, that this is the last time I would see my best friend and, um, his, the game was on a couple hours later, his wife called me and to let me know that he had passed. And she said, Travis, it was two minutes after they won the game. And it's such an, you know, I don't know. I was like, you don't know at that point if what, if they're cognizant or conscious at, at all. Um, but it was just, it's just that thing where she's just like, he just wanted to make sure they won. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and then he passed away, but it's been about, I think, seven years. Um, so really he, for only about 
maybe a year and a half to two years. The thing that's a bummer is what he uh, had to miss out on. Um, not only just as far as life, obviously, but with the Hank stuff, it, it, you know, sometimes I'm like, dang, you know, uh, he didn't get to do the Alaska trips and he didn't get to go and, and, you know, go to Canada and, and catch a steelhead with you. And he didn't get to, you know, there's just so many incredible things that, and it's been a huge gift to me, um, to do Hank Patterson and to, and it's just the people and places. And so I, it's a bummer that he didn't get to do that. He did get to go and do some Montana stuff and meet some people and get up on stage. And we, you know, the first Orvis event that we did, we were together and I won't forget because I was so nervous. It's like a thousand people showed up at this thing. And even though I grew up, you know, I, I was a theater actor. It's still, I get very, 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 very nervous, very nervous. Like I can't feel my fingers nervous to get up in front of people. So I'm, I'm, you know, I just get really nervous. I use it and it's great, but I was super nervous and I'll never forget him looking at me. And he's just like, why are you so nervous? And I said, well, because there's like a, there's going to be like a thousand people here. And he's like, I'm not nervous. And I'm like, you don't talk. You don't have to talk. Cause his whole thing was he didn't talk in the videos. It was like a pen and teller sort of thing that we did. I'm like, why would you be nervous? You just, all you have to do is not fall down. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's, he was, he was really great. And so it's it's a bummer, but I I certainly owe him because it was uh it was him. I mean, he he was the one who started it as as more than me. I might have written it all and been the guy, but he was the one who said, "Hey, we should do this competition," and "Hey, we should do another video," and "Hey, these people are going to send us fly rods if we make a third video. Let's just make a third. So he really he was sort of the the engine uh, in the beginning for sure. Got it. Well, he's still with you, just in a you know spirit. I I get to I get to go and look at uh, I get to go and look at some a lot of footage that other people don't get to see. So that's that's fun to to get to do that. So walk me walk me back then. All right. So it starts to get popular. Was BC your first travel trip? Your first travel trip? No, it was Alaska before. Was Alaska? No, I certainly I went to I did the Alaska stuff after BC. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, we'd done stuff all over Montana, uh, and we had done. Gosh, I don't know where else we had gone. I mean, for me, like I, I like live shows and stuff like that. I, you know, uh, been back east a few times or been to Texas to do their fly fishing show. So I'd done fly fishing shows and stuff like that. Um. The when I went to BC and did some the video with you, that might have been the first time that we had done something with a different group. Ah, I, I would say right. that 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 was the first time. Like, was somebody else was shooting it, and and my my buddy Jason who shot some of our stuff came along. You remember, but that was sort of the first time that somebody else had sort of had the script, some ideas, and some scripting ideas, and. I'm trying to, I can't recall everybody's names. I, I'm terrible. It's been, I mean, when was I there? It's it was like, like the week, it was like right after you got married. I feel like, like it was, yeah, so 10, almost 10 years ago. So it's been a long time. I oh, got so married it was probably, in 2014. Yeah. So yeah, nine years ago. It pro, So yeah, so I would say that when, yeah, so Reese would have still been 
uh, around at the time, uh, but probably had stopped doing them because he he wasn't my dog's losing its mind. Uh, but yeah, so it's been a while. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. So BC might have been our first. We're going somewhere exotic right. <laughs> <laughs> to go fishing. Uh, very excited. I was extremely excited when I got the call. Uh, you were a big deal to me. Uh, you Thanks. you remain a big deal to me. Um, I, I I just you know, at, at, there weren't as many people doing what you do at at the time. I think that you probably probably uh, and and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I think uh, as a woman at ten years ago doing what you do might have been some people didn't understand you know like oh well she's a woman or i don't know how to say it uh you are such a wonderful person but just such a role model to people like me um so when i would when i would look at you and what you were doing on on social media what you were doing as a very authentic you're the exact opposite of hank patterson so and, and of me meaning your authenticity you really know what you're talking about. You really know what you're doing. And so I thought it would be a great pairing uh, yeah. because I really don't, you know, I mean, it's such a great pairing to for me to get the experience to go and fish with somebody who authentically knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing, actually lives a, that, li that outdoor lifestyle, that guide lifestyle that it's very authentic. And you you really know what you're doing. I mean. I caught a steelhead on that trip. You sure did. To date, the only one I've ever caught. Oh, really? Now, in my defense, I don't think I've ever tried again. I, it was the first time I had ever... The fact that you got me that fish, I think, speaks to your abilities. It it has to. <laughs> it absolutely has to. I just... I, I, I don't know. I was really excited to come up and meet you and fish with you um, just based on... And having never met you... And uh, and after meeting you and after just sort of listening to you and and having you teach me a few things, I was like, this is a very authentic, legitimate, incredibly accomplished person. Uh, oh, and thanks. so I, I was super stoked to to get to do that. And, and we I loved I, having you in camp. We still talk about having you in camp. It was fun. I think that you had it. You you. If you'll remember, we started shooting and I, I, you know, look, I'm not Hank Patterson all the time. And I remember we were like, okay, roll the cameras. And I just started going. And I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about. But you were trying to show me, explain to me like a Skagit line and a whatever That's line. Right, I, yeah. I, and, and I literally to this day don't, I still don't have a clue. And you're explaining to me all the the real and how this works and everything like that. And I'm just going off and chiming in. And then I think we got about three minutes in before you were like, okay, cut, cut, cut. And you're looking at me like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> uh, we had so much fun. We had was, so much fun. Do you know how that whole thing came about? I don't. I okay. have no idea. So I had filmed a, a piece for the film festival before, I think a couple of years before, maybe the year before. And I did. I was not in charge of editing. I've since made changes where I, I have more control, creative control. But um, anyway, there were edits in there that probably shouldn't have been in there. And and I, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily how I would have written the piece. And I was starting to backtrack on my career. I, I was having like career damage control. 
And I'm like, what am I going to do? I, I need to somehow recover from this. And I can either hide or I can come back out and make fun of myself, which I actually do a lot of privately. And my, my close circle knows I love to make fun of myself. And so I sat down with Pujik and I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to hire somebody to take the piss. That's in Australia. It means like make fun of me. And you were the perfect person for it. And so I was like, <laughs> why don't we bring him in and we'll make a complete mockery of my past film. And he thought it was a great idea. And so we reached out to you and you had some ideas and then it all kind of came together. And to date, it's my favorite piece. So thank you. Well, thank you. You know, by the end of ours, I think that the, I don't recall the production guy's names. Um, yeah, so there's Yoshi Aoki. So the guys that shot it Victor were Cooper. so amazing and yeah. so great and so fun. And that young guy that was flying his drone. Oh, yeah. Brent. It's been long enough that we can. We're OK that we've done other names. Brock. Look, it's not like it's not like Brock's calling me every day. OK, right. Brock. Uh, <laughs> Love you, those Brock. guys were were super fun, super cool. Um the IF4 guys, I think, hated me by the end of it because I I kept, I was very hard to deal with on the editing because I, I didn't like it. the edits and I kept pushing and I and I got and I and at one point I was like, look, if you're not going to send it to me to fix this edit, then I'm never going to support the film. <laughs> I was such a pain in the ass, no, but you it have worked to out be great. But what does it say that the two that I did, there was one I had, both of them I've had to do damage yeah. control. So you are very smart. And I will say, actually, after my Crapo experience, I learned how to say no. So I think that you did the right thing. I think that what I have had to make people understand is like, my product is the videos, right? And so I've shot, I've shot plenty of videos. I shot four videos last week that will never see the light of day. Really? Why? They're not funny. I, I turned Hank into, and I haven't been shooting a lot of stuff over the last couple of years. And I've got a concept of this series of Hank videos. I'd love the concept. I think it'd be very funny. And we went out and we shot four of them and they're not funny. They're okay. I mean, a lot of people might put them out and I looked at it and I said, well, I, he's not the right. I've lost the character a little bit. He's not the bumbling. He's an asshole. I don't know how else to put it. He's just a jerk. And I said, I don't find that funny. I find, and I don't like fishing stuff where people are jerks. I don't like watching videos where people are actual jerks. I mean, Hank's an idiot and Hank says things that are abrasive. Uh, but it's different. Uh, but they're a joke, you know, like I've, I've had people, I, I've made a video where I make fun of nymph fishing and bobbers and all that kind of stuff. And I've had, I've had actual people actually like, whoa, you know, defend nymph fishing. And I'm like, you, you, I'm just kidding. You understand that. And in the video, I say, if you want to catch fish, you better learn to fish with a nymph. I mean, I, I defend it, but so anyway, so it's, it's interesting when you say my entire product or what the video is, what I do. I said, I don't catch fish. I don't teach anybody anything. Like nobody's going to learn anything from me. My product is the video. So you can make a bad video where you teach some things and people are going to learn some things and you say some nice things and you can put that video out. I think that's probably okay because you still, the product I learned, whatever, still happened. If I put out a video that's just flat out, now it's subjective. A lot. Some people are going to find it funny. Some aren't, whatever. But if I don't find it funny, then I literally, it's like, well, why would you put that out in the world? So I, so I threw you it away. Don't. 
All right. I understand it. Well, that actually segues me perfectly into my next series of questions. How do you maintain, how do you keep setting the bar higher? Because I mean, like you said, you don't want to appear to be an asshole. Times are changing. There may have been things that you could have said back in the day or even 10 years ago that um, would be taken, people would take offense to it now. Between, Mm -hmm. you know, you getting older, you getting better, the world changing, how do you manage to stay funny? I guess. Uh, I think it's really hard. I think that's probably why I don't put out as many videos. When you, when you're making humor about a subject at, at one point, it's what more is there to make fun of or what, or to have fun with, or to find funny. Right. So at, at one point it's just more and more difficult to figure out what's funny about fishing. Uh, and so then you do more stuff about the outdoors. You know, I made, uh, it's been six or seven years now, but like at one point I made a video about surviving Yellowstone national park. And and that's just because you start running out of ideas about, well, what are you going to do? That's, you know, um, that's funny about fly fishing when you've made 10 videos, right? Uh, you you know, it's like, uh, the flies hard to get on the line is only funny once, uh, me being, you know, an, an angry guide is, you know, only funny for a while. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I think it's, it's more and more difficult to figure out videos and how they work and, and how to make them funny and how to make them surprising. And, um, people, you know, sometimes will be like, man, those early ones were the, were the best ones. And I'll be like, well, I think that some of the that may be true. The most popular ones came probably three or four years in. Uh, um, there, there's a nostalgia of the first time you saw Hank Patterson, and you're like, "What the hell is this guy?" Uh, I remember. You know, that, <laughs> I yeah, like, that you're like, real? "This is yeah." Is it a real guy? Is he you know? And but if you just keep doing the exact same thing, you know, especially comedy, it's no longer surprising. I, I think it's really difficult. I don't make as many videos right now based on the fact that it's difficult. And and like I said, going and shooting some last week and realizing, oh, they all missed the mark. It's, I guess, having done it so much that at least you have an idea of, a better idea of when they missed the mark and how do I fix that? How do I, how do I, how do I throw those videos away, rewrite them and go back and, and do them again and have them actually be funny and different. And um, it's a weird comedy's weird because I'll put out a video that I worked really hard on and like, you know, and you'll put it out there and it'll be like, Oh, a hundred thousand views or something like that. And then I did one one time I, I went and made one that I worked on and then I had my phone and I just held my phone up and I did a thing about like, man, look at that amazing water. And tag somebody that would completely F that up with their bad casting or something like that. I can't remember what I said, or it was just something like that. And, and, uh, and that got like four times as many, (laughs) it it got way, way more people were sharing it. And, you know, and you're just like, man, I put in, I stewed over the script for that one for two weeks and worked on it and blah, blah, blah. This I made up on the spot in two seconds and it was 10 times more popular, but, um, you know, but I, I, I'm, I take more pride in the things that you work on, uh, and, and you put them out there, and they do well, or they get some modicum. There's some modicum of success because you worked hard on it. Because I always tell people, it's like I don't want to put out 
a viral video because I happened to catch, you know, a gorilla, you know, picking his nose. It's like, so what? It got a million views. It's like, yeah, but just because you just happened to, it's luck. It's I would rather get 10,000 views of something knowing that people enjoyed it that I worked hard on and that I crafted a joke and I figured out a joke and it's funny. And it's like, I would rather that happen than stumbling upon, you know, just, you know, a typical TikTok video, even though I'm a sucker for TikTok, by the way. I love TikTok too. Don't Can't stop. Anyone. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so uh, what about the element of surprise? Do you think that that could be part of it? Because remember when you're still really new to fishing, everything's still very exciting and surprising. And, and, and I know because I kind of fell into this trap a little bit where I was um, feeling as though the only people I was really speaking to were people in the industry or people who were really seriously into fishing. And I very quickly alienated myself and realized that the broad, the broad market and the audience is, is not, you know, they're not professional anglers. So w- what if you maintained your enthusiasm via surprise? Like I know for a fact, if you came to Australia tomorrow, you would be drowning in content and jokes because there would still be a surprise, right? And and I don't know if you realize, you probably know your strengths, but your improv or your kind of just go with the flow is as funny as what is on screen. So could you not script it and just come out on a trip and see how it goes? Yeah, I think what I would do in that, and and I think that that's something that I've gotten too far away from, which is what you just said, which is just having it a little more loose to where you can just go. So I used to do a lot of jump cuts. So it would just be jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, because I'd go joke to joke to joke. And that's because I would just do a stream of consciousness for 10 minutes and we need the 30 seconds and just and and I would have other people like, what's an idea for this? What's an idea for this? so I, I do think so. I mean, I think that what I would do is uh, I'm actually shooting a video tomorrow. Um, and the script for that, it's funny you say this because I I did exactly what you just said. I was like, I'm not going to script it. I'm going to outline it. And then we're going to go see what happens. And I've got a bunch of one-liners and a bunch of stuff written in there that I know will be super funny, but I'm just going to, we'll just roll the camera and I'll just go based on that outline and so if i was to go to australia um and i really want to go to australia and i really want to go to new zealand um i i think that that's what i would do i would have an outline and that's what we've done in the past is let's just outline it and let's find fun people to go and do stuff with and the direction i would always give like we did a thing in montana once and we would go out with a guide or we'd be in a fly shop and i'd be like i'm just going to talk to you and you just react how you would actually react. Like the the worst thing you could ever do is try to be funny. Don't don't try to be funny. And I'm not going to try to be funny. I'm just going to try to be this guy and that should be that should be funny. So, you know, it's like if if it looks like I'm trying to be funny or you're trying to be funny, it's not no. funny. And it, no, and if you're not this and and you being the so like with Reese it was like him being the straight guy gave the ability for me to be such a big character. If you have two big characters like that, it's a, it's even more obnoxious. I was about to say it's obnoxious, and I was like, well, I already am. But it's more obnoxious if there's two. Uh, so the, the people that you're in the videos with, 
like our video, you know, is they they just most of the humor comes from their actual reaction to this person. Like I, I it's like you you might be laughing at Hank, but you're probably equally, if not more, laughing at the reaction to somebody who has to be in his world. Uh, because it's like, oh my, you know, because you see yourself in them. Yeah. If you're watching our video, you're probably seeing you're you're identifying with April, not with Hank. You know, you're like, uh, yeah, I can I identify with her because if this person was in my world, I would also be losing my mind. Um, Have you ever had anybody and, not realize that you're a character and, you know, threaten your safety? <laughs> no, I mean, the closest I've probably come is I've, <laughs> I I went up and down a river one time uh, in, outside of Missoula and I was just in a weird mood. And so I just went up and I would just get out of the car and start yelling at people down on the river what they were doing wrong. Hey, hey. That's the wrong cast for that. The fish are over. Hey, the fish are, what do you have on? Oh my God. And people would, I got yelled at, like people would swear at me and stuff. Were you filming? Then, no filming? No, I was just doing it because I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> most of them, I will say, at one point, most of them ultimately ended up recognizing me and knowing who I was. Um, but yeah, no, I, I made some people mad, but never, never quite like that. I mean, there's certainly people that don't like humor is subjective. I don't, I don't think everybody owes me liking my stuff. And I don't think there's anything wrong with not liking it because it's just subjective. You know, I, I don't like, I always use the example of, I don't love Adam Sandler movies. Well, million way more people love his movies than will ever like anything i've done i mean i and i'm a i like adam sandler and i do like some of his movies but i used to use that as an example it's like well he made 48 million dollars off of the movie i don't like so you tell like me someone likes it yeah yeah people do like it it's just it's subjective and the only thing i take exception to is if people personally or, or say uh you know this isn't funny it's like well it isn't funny to you or or they're or it's personal about you know that I'm somehow a bad person because they don't like my humor. I'm like, well, I, I'm a pretty nice guy. I'd say you're a pretty so, nice guy. Uh, I, you know, I, I would defend myself a little bit and say I try to do some really some nice things in the world, and I don't, and and I get along with a lot of people. So, uh, but that doesn't you don't have to think I'm funny. I did a show in Bozeman once where we were showing uh, one of my films. And a guy walked out and he went and sat on a couch, hated it. And I, I surprised him because I walked over to him. I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, sh you know, shoot. Uh, he's looking at me like, Oh no, I just walked out of this guy's video. Video's going great. You know, it's, it's people that know who I am that have come to see the, you know, and it's, and, and I said, so, uh, not your cup of tea. And he's like, well, I, I said, it's okay. It doesn't have to be. And we actually sat and talked for like 30 minutes. Super nice guy. Just didn't like, didn't like what I made. I wonder if fun. for some people it's a trigger because I know that I've seen certain skits occasionally and I've been like, oh yeah, I've had a situation with a guy like that before. Yeah. You know, the whole mansplaining about they're alone and someone wants to come and tell me more and they, they don't know how to cast two feet. Um, so right. I wonder if there's a bit of trigger, you know, maybe it's someone, maybe it reminds someone of their 
father at some point or an uncle or who knows? Yeah. If that's your father or uncle, I could see getting up and leaving. (laughs) You Uh, you can't take it personal because you just don't know. I would also walk out. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it could be, you know, there's a million different things. Who knows, you know, or I've seen comics or I've seen films that I didn't like that I see like two years later. And I'm like, what didn't I like about that? I've had that happen where a guy Uh went off on me online, like, and I don't read comments. I stopped reading them. Like, I don't read them at all. Kudos um, to you. Any. Uh, so if I put a video on, just so everybody knows, if I put a video on Instagram, I I won't see what you say. And thank you for saying nice things if you have, but I, but I don't read them. Because I over, you know, it, it is overwhelmingly positive. And, and so, because I think overwhelmingly people are generally positive. And if they, you know, it's the don't say something nice, don't or shut up or whatever that is. Don't, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, I think most people are, most people are like that. Uh, but it's that typical, I'll see one bad comment among a hundred. I love it. And, and, and it'll bother me. Yep. Well, what's not fun. I wonder why it's not funny. And you're like, well, a hundred people told you it was. Yeah. But that guy, you know, I mean, so you're like, so I don't, I don't look at them, but um, I've lost my train of thought. But anyway, no, so. that's, but that's really good to know. Actually, I really appreciate you sharing that because I do wonder sometimes how everyone's so strong to be able to handle the the criticism, and I'm just not there yet. I've been doing this for two decades now, and I'm still not there yet. So I have had a, actually a couple of friends tell me on YouTube specifically they have admins who go through and delete everything, and then they oh. wait until all the negativity is gone, and then they'll read the comments. Yeah, often time to time ask, you know, folks that work with me or whatever, if they'll, you know, it's like, hey, do me a favor, go look at the comment. Just see, generally let me know how it's going. Yeah. Because if it's like, oh man, people really hating, I, I do need to know that. It's like, did I, and it goes to your comment about people are touchy about things. It's like, did I say something that angered people that I, you know, or did I cross a line that I didn't really know existed? Uh that hasn't happened to me, um, but I'll be like, okay, so go look and let me know. And it'll be like, oh, no, it's really positive. And I'm like, okay, it, tell me three of the really good ones. <laughs> you know, so because I, it, it, it is an ego boost. I'm like, how many people watched it? How yeah. many? Okay, <laughs> tell me, top five where they talk about what a great guy I am. I'll, I'll listen to that. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you keep it on? Because there's, a, you know, there's a reputation you want to uphold. So how do you keep how do you when does Travis come out and when is Hank on you get to a point where you just think you know I'm not going to go to the fly shop today because I I just want to be allowed to have a bad day or is that the perfect time to be Hank oh no yeah I when I when we first started doing it I realized I would get free stuff or a deal at fly shops uh because when Hank was more popular a few years ago I mean honestly I mean that's just the podcast does pretty well um so that's super fun and that's the way we keep it going but i don't do as many videos and so uh i i definitely still get recognized in fly shops quite at fly fishing shows or on a river or in a fly fishing situation there's a good chance that somebody's gonna know who i am um even though we i think i've done two videos in two years uh Oh, I right. Mean, so you really, really not, cut back. Yeah. Yeah. Really cut back. Um, and, and so we're going to do some more. But, um, but yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, when I want to turn the podcast is mostly just Travis. It's just under the Hank name. I mean, I'll be honest. It's, it's, I don't 
go into full Hank mode for the podcast. I just, it's, it's, you can't sustain it over time. Not only for an hour, you could sustain it, but once a week for an hour, it's just not sustainable. And the, the joke just wouldn't work. You just have to do an actual podcast. Now the podcast is me just going on and on and on and on and on about absolutely nothing. Um, but it's super fun. And so, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, if if I uh, if if I want to be left alone, I certainly, yeah, I don't show up at certain at places where somebody's going to recognize me. Um, but I don't. It's not like, you know, if I, it, you know, people don't recognize me to a degree that it's really a big deal. It's usually just fun. You know, we'll be shooting something along the side of the river, and somebody will stop and, oh my god. <laughs> and they get real excited and you're like, I get from, you know, from this stupid little character. Or I had a fish and game guy come and get his picture taken with me while checking my license a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was funny. I'm like, wait, so, you know, he checked my license and everything. And, and then he's like, hey, uh, you mind if I get a picture? And I'm like, wait, you know who I am? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, God, I listen to the podcast. I love your stuff. Love it. He's oh, going really? on and on. I'm like, why are you checking my, why are you checking my he probably Stop. wanted to see what your real name was. Well, I and guess do you like, do you share yeah, your real he's name? Checking my, he's checking my age and my real name. Right. I, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell people I don't care. But uh, but he just started laughing and he's like, well, because I have to meet a quota. And that made sense. Oh, I was like, okay. oh, they have to check a certain number and it's on video. They have their video on their, you know, so when they check your license, they're videotaping checking your license. And I so he's like, well, that. I had to check it because I have to have my, you know, I have to which seems smart. It's like, or else if they didn't have some sort of quota or I don't know if it's a quota as much as it's uh he needs some proof that he's not just up there, you know, drinking beer and doing nothing, you know? Yeah. So I just think it's, I like situations like that when they happen. I think it's funny. Where was the camera you pointed? Was it? Yeah. It's like on their chest. It's like a body cam. All right. Okay. Yeah. Pay attention. And I was taller than him and I'm like, so what did you videotape my neck? I mean, come on. Uh, he was a nice guy, but I I did think it was funny. It's like, okay, check your license. He was very serious through the whole thing. Okay, good. Yeah, everything checks out. Uh, hey, uh, hey, you mind if we get a picture? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it just turned on a dime. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, for I'm like, do you know who I am? And he's like, oh yeah. And then he went, and then he was very, it was very weird, but he was a good guy. Got it. So what's yeah. the future? What's the long-term plan here? What's the plan? Hey. Oh man. The the plan is to probably end it. You know, honestly, I mean, it's it's been 11 years. I, I think I'll I, I don't think I would ever just completely end it. I mean, it's tapered off quite a bit. I think we'll do the podcast for another year or so. Um, it, it does well, but I'm I'm not a great. Uh, you know, I don't I don't do a good job of monetizing it or anything like that. You know, I just, uh, you know, we get from 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 what I understand, the numbers are good, but. Uh, but again, it's a thing where you start to run out of material, you know, and you're like, so at that point, it's probably time to point the ship in a different direction. Uh, I've talked about stopping doing the Hank character altogether. And the reason I would not do that, the reason I would shy away from that is it'd be like, well, I have a concept of how to do these short videos and just sort of keep it going. But it all goes back to the people you meet and the places you get to go. Um, and for that reason, 
uh, and, and people still enjoy it. You know, for that reason, I think it'll just sort of continue its in in some way. Um, but ultimately, I think I've got a, a couple of different ideas completely outside of the outdoor industry and fly fishing of some other stuff that we're going to go and start shooting and see if we can start at square one and build something new. Um, Exciting. And then just keep the Hank stuff going again, just so I can maybe come to Australia or go and shoot with people and do, you know, continue to do fun things. And um, it's, it spoils you because I do love fishing. Uh, and you know, again, without Hank Patterson, I, I would not have met, you know, you, uh, I would not have met uh, tons of guides and people that have taken me out. I wouldn't have some places I've gotten to go in Alaska and, uh, have just been the most beautiful place I've ever been on, you know, this planet. And, you know, it's for that reason you go, well, you should probably do it just enough to keep getting invited places. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do that. No, I get it. As far yeah. as you, you know, you, the person goes and your life, is there anything that I haven't covered that I, that you think is a, an important part of your timeline? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think we've done a pretty good weave. Uh, you've done a pretty good I just job. No, I'm just you know, listening. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, like I said, I've just enjoyed doing this. I, I enjoy the outdoors. I, and I enjoy the people that I get to surround myself with. The only thing I will say, the other benefit that was unforeseen and that Reese was really adamant that I continue to try to do is the opportunity to work with people that are doing good things in the world. So Real Recovery being an organization that it started because we were making a video for them to a degree. They're a great example of people that are using the outdoors to do some good in the world. Trout Unlimited, I've done stuff with them and just had, I've, I've, I've gone to speak at shows. They've sponsored videos. I've, I did an Alaska trip that that supported, you know, that was meant to sort of support some of the efforts on Bristol Bay. Um, I, when it comes to, you know, climate change and uh, environmental issues, I'm as, as dumb as I am a fly fisher. And so I look to people that have knowledge uh, that I trust. And uh, so I've gotten to do that through organizations where I get to go, you know, I don't know all these facts and science and stuff like that. I just want to try to find people that I trust. When I wanted to catch a steelhead, I found somebody that I trust that could make that happen for me. And you did. And uh, there's just a lot of people doing a lot of really great things in the outdoors. And to get to use humor can be a, can sort of arrest argument. You know, you can use it uh, for good and you can use it to say things that maybe somebody wouldn't listen to if it was a more serious video. Um, they might give you the time of day and the benefit of the doubt because they think that you're funny and they might, you know, sort of take a second look at some issues. Um, but there's a lot of organizations that I've gotten to, you know, I just did a, a talk for the Mayfly Project who told a great story about you. Um, and the Mayfly Project you know, they take uh, kids in foster care fishing, which I think is just such an incredible thing 
to do. Uh, you know, I, I told them, I said, you know, I've got I've got kids that get to take being special for granted. And you give these kids that special moment. You give them fly fishing gear. You take them out. You invest time. You let them know that people care about them. You let them know that they are loved and that they matter. And uh, so, yeah, hell yeah, I'll come and speak at, at an event for your organization. They said that at one point they had done a pod. They talked to you about doing a podcast and you guys got on the phone and they thought you were doing your podcast. <laughs> Do you remember this? And yeah. they thought, so you both thought the, so you thought you were being interviewed for their podcast. Yeah. They don't, they don't have one. And they thought they were being interviewed for your podcast. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what ultimately happened, but they were like, I so you both got on and anchored. They, yeah. And they so you're just both show. sort of waiting for the other one to start. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll get started. Yeah, I sounds good. Forgot, I forgot about that. I That's... can only imagine how incredibly uncomfortable that was. Uh, it was. I they felt told me that so story, awkward. But oh, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them come be on mine, and uh, yeah, and you should come and be on on mine. It would be yes. a whole different conversation. I have no doubt. We I would talk about that. finding weird body parts in, you know, in the forest and the forests where people get beheaded and bear attacks and all kinds of stuff like that. This is what we talk about. Super random. It's just random weirdness. So yeah, I love it. Uh, but no, that would be the only piece I would say is that what it's just a, a, a complete uh, blessing to uh, that. That was unforeseen that Hank was able to do some things or make some videos or speak at shows uh, for organizations that in my mind matter. So yeah. uh, I would not have expected that. That's a bent. Actually, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. And you're right. I do tend to listen to some of the larger issues in the world via comedy because otherwise it just gets too heavy. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it just sort of does. And there's you can look at the ridiculousness of views. Uh, and that's, I think, a lot of what Hank Patterson does is you look at the ridiculousness of what people say or the ridiculousness of different views and you you kind of bring that to the forefront in a comedic way. And it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it changes anything. I mean, certainly I'm not probably changing anybody's view, but if somebody can at least learn to laugh at themselves and maybe take a look at it at a different uh, point of view. Uh, just because that person isn't preaching at them or coming at them, you know, with, you know, in a, in a serious combative way. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I did a talk at, or I did a, a, yeah, I don't know what you call it a talk, but I, I did a show for um, Trout Unlimited if, several years ago. And it was for their board of directors, like the, the big, you know, the big money people. And uh, they invited me to do a show and, 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 I won't say the word, but I, at one point in that, in my talk, I was talking about how you communicate with people and how humor can be used to talk about things. Like I had seen a post that, uh, uh, Chris, the CEO at Trout Unlimited had, had put up, Chris Wood had put up. And, and in that post, he said climate change. It wasn't a post about climate change. It just was a throwaway part of this post. And it was a thousand deep in people 
ready to quit the organization and very upset. And it wasn't even a post about that. And I just remember like being like, oh man, well, I, I guess if he can read his comments, I'll start reading mine. Uh, I mean, they were just went off and stuff like that. And and uh, I always say when it comes to to issues, whether it's, you know, about you know, environmental or political or whatever, uh, I always had a saying that you can't start a conversation with F.U., and so uh, during that talk at, at one point, and so when I was doing the talk, I also flipped the bird while I said that. And it was it was it was all I, it was all in good. This isn't I wasn't like being negative at all. I was actually saying, look, you you we have to have conversations. We have to open up the ability to have conversations and to talk to each other. You can't start a conversation with F you because then it has nowhere to go. So we have to meet each other, on, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was the sort of point. And so I always would say that you can't start a conversation with FU. And and then after the talk, I, Chris or somebody came up to me, he said, so at one point during your conversation, you were flipping off the entire organization. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I guess. He, I mean, they loved it. I mean, it, it went very well. And and the point was a very positive point. Um, but I, yeah, that's another time I got myself in. I wasn't in trouble at all. It, the as long as they was, didn't take a photo of you, it, 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 it they didn't. Thank gosh, and uh, and uh, and honestly, it was all very positive. It was more meaning to say, "Hey, we have to talk to people with differing points of view, and when we do, we have to come at them as friends, uh, or else we're going to get nowhere." Right. So anyway, <laughs> well, I'm I've very gone excited. Off now. No, I'm just excited to watch what you're up to. So when you do your new venture when you when you finally release your new venture will we ever know about this or will this be something quiet oh no yeah i won't keep anything quiet uh we'll have some new hank stuff coming out in the next month or two okay. uh and when you see those i will send them directly to you and when you see them you'll be like oh these are the ones that he redid all of them we okay. shot four well, we shot a total of seven they're all in the garbage. I mean, they're not, they're on my computer, but uh, they'll never see the light of day. They're terrible. Um, so the next Hank stuff you'll see, you and anybody that listens to this will know that it's round two. We've redone them all. Um, and so hopefully they're funny or you're going to be like, oh boy, what were the other <laughs> no, ones like? No pressure. These are terrible. Uh, but the other stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, sometime next year, we'll put out some, a, a new venture and, I'm sure I'll try to use the Hank platform to <laughs> get it out there to launch it in some way because that's the only audience I have. So yeah. What's the best way to find you nowadays? YouTube, Instagram? YouTube, not so much. I would say Instagram. Uh are you not you on know. TikTok yet? I just feel like you're the perfect person I, for TikTok. I, I am on TikTok. I'm not prolific enough. I with this new stuff, I think we'll try to push that a little bit more. I, I am on TikTok. You can find Hank Patterson on tiktok you can find hank patterson on instagram and you can listen to hank patterson's outdoor misadventures excellent when, well, I when will, you're i'll yeah. link it too so that people can find it and i am absolutely going to listen to it yes please i would love to hear your thoughts and then tell you that i will not come on the show <laughs> and then you <laughs> might you might and that that would you know that again that's you being careful about your career now, look, uh, I just, it, <laughs> it's just the edits. I don't, if it's just me, I'm happy to do anything because I'm happy. I could try, I have faith in myself. I am a, a mess sometimes. And oh, I just lisped that mess. Did you hear that mess? 
Yeah, it's those I'm, I'm, weird I'm Invisalign thing. So proud of myself for getting through this interview without spitting on my screen. Um, but yeah, I I am me, but it's when there are edits involved and other people who are controlling my image, and that's when I've almost always had to backtrack. Yeah. And and have damage control. So lesson learned. Yeah. Now I know. That's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. But again, I know I went on and on earlier, but seriously, uh it's so fun. I was so excited when when you first called me and invited invited us to come and and shoot with you. Um just you're such an authentic and and very knowledgeable and smart and uh a, a really good role model uh to people like me that are just trying to do some cool things on the internet. Um oh, thank so you. thanks thanks to you. Well, thank you. Um I will wrap this up, link it up. Stay in Link touch, I hope. <laughs> Is there <laughs> anything else do. that you would like to add or to ask me before we let you get back to it tonight? No. Where are you at right now? I'm going to ask that. I am are at you in Australia? I'm in Sydney until tomorrow. And then, like I told you, I'm taking the kiddo oh, that's to right. Japan. So finally getting it done. And right awesome. now, I'm on my way to go. And it's sports day at school. So I'm going to be one of those moms in the crowd going, Yes. Excellent. Love sports. Love me some sports. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. That's that's it. Thank Thank you. you. Please stay in touch and I will talk to you soon. And that concludes this episode of Anchored. Thank you so much for listening. 